Harry and the royal family. What's all that about? Piers Morgan and versus Piers, the James Bond one. Brandon. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Great Unraveling Podcast. My name's Matt and I make this show with my good friend, political commentator, Ben Kelly. Hello. Now, I'm here for putting it all together and to chuck in some stupid tunes I've made every now and again. It's Ben's role to provide content for the show and sometimes source guests too. As ever, his opinions on these subjects are Ben's and Ben's alone. Honest golf. Please enjoy. Ben, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you very much. Just realised that was quite downbeat. Hi, Ben, how you doing? <laughs> I'm really well, thank you. Oh, uh, um, getting over the getting over the Piers Morgan and uh, Meghan Markle scandal. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the dumbification of the British centre right. Interesting, dumbification is that a word? Uh, well, it's stolen from someone's tweet as is most of the concept of this episode. Mm, Dumbification of the right wing. The culture was making us all dumb, but the right wing is in power right now. And where are the ideas? Where's the substance, Matt? Where's the substance? Where's the beef? That's, that's your home, isn't it? On the right, over there in the right side of the Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Apparently, sir. The right side, yeah. The dark side. I don't really... Excellent. I'm losing the, I'm losing the whole concept of why, to be honest, because I don't really know... You know, I'm not. I don't think I'm the same. Think the same as I did when I start, first started writing about politics, which is main, mainly it was more justified to label me right wing. Okay, 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 okay. So, so let's do it then, shall we? That was shit. That was shit. You're going to do a, do a mon, nice monologue about it now, aren't you? As well. Oh God, this is so limp. So, the dumbification of the British right. That's the last time I'll use that word, I promise. But what do I mean by it, I hear you ask? Thanks for asking, very good question. When Jeremy Corbyn took over the Labour Party and began laying it to waste, the right was overjoyed, seeing a once-in-a-lifetime moment to reshape the country and implement any policy it wanted. The nation was its oyster. But Brexit has become all-consuming. Everything else has played second fiddle. And while the Labour Party has been weak and in perpetual crisis, the right has been in a four-year circle, Jack. So, before we voted to leave the European Union, I, and many others, argued that Brexit, as a political project, needed an intellectual foundation. If we were going to do it and commit to this huge change, we needed vision, ideas, detailed policy proposals. Well, as discussed on the last episode of the podcast, we know how that went. Brexit has driven the British right quite mad. And when the Brexit-supporting right supported an approach to Brexit that was economically illiterate, it sold its soul. It lost all substance. We've left the single market and negotiated a very basic trade agreement that has been immediately disastrous to our trade with Europe. But Brexit was never about economics. But nevertheless, we've gone about it in such a way that the economy has not been a priority. Trade has not been a priority. 
Business has not been a priority. And this meant that the right had to abandon economics, and when it abandoned economics and could no longer campaign on economic ideas, could no longer defend their approach to the economy, it instead jumped feet first into the populist movement as a way of gaining popularity and staying in office. 2016 saw populist politics become the mainstream and the British right has gone all in, leading to a stream of simplistic narratives over complex and nuanced issues. It's become this obnoxious movement based on bad faith, dishonesty, alternative facts and endless grievances, the replacement of policies by the exploitation of lowest common denominator, playing on people's grievances and fanning the flames of the culture war. That comes in the form of hostility to Europe, hostility to immigration and refugees, draconian lawmaking and tub-thumping nationalism. Think of big flags, lots and lots of flags, flags everywhere, flags behind me, flags in front of me, four or five flags. Is your flag big enough? Meanwhile, the media has exploited the culture war for ratings and exacerbated the widening divides in our country by maintaining a binary debate. Pick any subject up for discussion in the media, and instead of getting sensible, moderate people on to discuss the topic, they achieve a sense of balance by getting a couple of loudmouths on from the opposite ends of the spectrum to mouth off and polarise the debate even further. If your views are nuanced or moderate, they don't want you on the TV or the radio. I've been called myself to appear on things, and they've already got one side of the debate, and they want the polar opposite to make an argument, a bit of drama on Express any moderation, or say you agree with some elements of the opposing view, and more often than not, you're not getting a callback. Our populist moment has given a lot of opportunities to a conveyor belt of vapid gobshites masquerading as political commentators and journalists. If you're a young person who wants to be a TV personality and a social media star, the best way to do it is to pick a side and stick to it religiously, churn out cultural bollocks. We've got loads of gobshites in the media churning out cliches and ill-informed opinions. The problem with them is you can guess their opinion on every single subject. It's also predictable and tedious. Not informative, not interesting, not challenging. They're simply there to confirm people's prejudices and indeed feed off them like the parasites they are. Fuck them and their ready-made, identical opinions, anti-work, populist bullshit and cliches where thoughtful analysis and opinions ought to be. All they're doing is aggravating a lamentable situation in our country. We suffer through a de- decade of slow productivity growth, stagnant real wages, and growing inequality. Now, in the wake of the pandemic, we need real ambition, vision, ideas on how to change this nation for the better. The country needs to recover, it needs rebuilding, it needs reinvigorating. But where are the ideas? They're not forthcoming. This is the age of simplest. Last week, we had former Brexiteer and fellow of Adam Smith Institute and political commentator Roland Smith on, who coined the phrase symbolism. Go back and listen to it. The boiling of all policies and ideas into a slogan. The difference being that with symbolism, the slogan is all there is. And every issue viewed through the lens of symbolism is addressed with a simplistic narrative or slogan or a vacuous solution that ignores all the complexities. That's where we are. The right wing is out of ideas. How to repair the union? Build a bridge! How to address the Northern Ireland problem? Build a bridge! How to increase trade after Brexit? Build free ports! How to address the social problems highlighted by mass protests? Ban the protests! Ten years in jail for defacing monuments. How do we make women safer? Policing the pubs and the nightclubs. These aren't well-thought-out ideas. They're slogans. The whole idea of levelling up the country is a good one in theory, especially after the pandemic. But why is regional inequality an issue and how can it be improved? Dunno. Where's the policy? Where are the ideas? Where's the analysis? What thought has gone into it? So far I've seen nothing but shuffling some government officials around and funneling money into cherry-picked constituencies. It's just pork barrel politics. 
If this is indeed, and this is another cliche, if this is another 1945 moment for Britain post-pandemic, I don't think the British right is going to rise to the moment. The scale of the challenges facing Britain are vast, but the difficult issues are being ignored or downplayed. All the while we argue about Meghan Markle, the royal family and Piers Morgan, gobshite commentators dominate the political debate and the political discourse in this country has hit a real low. The culture war is making us all fucking stupid. The British right, which is dominant with a limp opposition, is the driving force behind it, just when we need to leave it behind and consider rationally, sensibly, how we can make this a better country for everyone. Until the right of this country pulls its head out of his ass, I don't think it can happen. So, I think loosely this is the intellectual decline of the right. That's the subject, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's what it is. And we've, we, uh, we, had a, we had a very uh, a lovely uh, exchange with Roland Smith um, last episode. Um, I don't know about you, I found it... He's very, very, like, very beguiling figure. He's very wholesome. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was disappointed we were doing it remotely. I wanted to, like, feel his warmth and get a nice... <laughs> <laughs> fatherly cuddle from him <laughs> that's what I wanted <laughs> yeah exactly you can see how he might guide you down the wrong path you know yes yeah, yeah. I was already yeah. on the path you know it is, it, 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 I thought it was interesting because I was listening back to it and actually manager did it in such a way that didn't make it seem like I was constantly trying to talk over him so he had a lot of interesting things to say <laughs> I did to you quite a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah because it made it flow better so he had a lot of interesting things to, to listening to his <laughs> It was a lot more easy to understand his uh, how he got into the whole thing, uh, and mm. it was interesting to, how rapid from what from what he said how rapid it is that Eurosceptic movement descended into you know this just well symbolism as he put it. Well, this is it, yeah, exactly. Symbolism. So um, yeah, that was the the one little brief brief mention of symbolism, and um, I think when we've we've that's something that's been picked up on, hasn't it? When we've uh, released the episode, yeah, um, on social media um, about you know symbolism, and, um, and it made us think, you know, what should we do our next episode about? And well, it, well, it's uh, flowed from there, hasn't it? It's the, has uh, it's flowed, yes, hasn't yes, it? Yes, it's the domification of the right. <laughs> And that's what's great about this podcast. See the great unraveling. We're, it's unraveled and now it's raveling back. Is that thing? You know, we're, we're starting to get some coherence back here. There's a theme yeah. here. There's a theme. We know yeah. what we're doing. We've got control. Got hands on the steering wheel again. So symbolism is what it's all about and how that's affected the, the right wing. That's what we're going to focus on mainly. Uh, it's- well, yeah, I think it makes sense for us to focus there, doesn't it? Because that's, well, that's what you would consider your home, isn't it? On the right, that's where you are, isn't it? I think so. That's where that's where pe- people would perceive me to be and where I have identified as in the past. It's not that important to me to to identify, but I think you, people are looking for a label, so that's I've been comfortable in that position before. And it's mainly right-wing newspapers and and platforms that I've written for, obviously. So, so is your is your um, opinion that the that the right has lost its like intellectual um, grounding? Yeah, there's no depth to to the the right side of politics at the moment. I think a lot of the more intellectual figures in in the Conservative Party were uh, purged. The great Boris purge. 
And I think that Eurus gets us at the, the dumbification. Thank you, Ryan Bourne. Of the uh, of the right is is stemmed from Euroscepticism, and the, 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 because I mean, the, the, you can see the thread there, can't you? The, how did we win the referendum? Who was in charge of the referendum campaign? Who's in charge of the Conservative Party election campaign? You know, it's 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 the same guy, uh, the same guy and his slogans and his seemingly pseudo intellectual ideas, and Boris Johnson, one of the most vapid politicians to run a political party in the UK for as long as anyone can remember. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, it's interesting. So um, when we're talking about, um, the, you know, the, the discourse on the right, like, uh, you know, losing its intellectual grounding, um, I'd like, I, I'm interested for you personally, yourself, um, what do you see as like the, like the values that make you associate yourself with the, the, like the, the ideology well, because I, I describe myself as a liberal mainly on, on Twitter because the main values on a sort of... The social values are... are my social values are liberal. Um, which, it's just hard to pin down whether those are left or right, really. They're just the values. But it's the economic side that differentiates um, a right-wing liberal from a left-wing liberal, if you like. And then it just comes to down to a certain degrees of how of uh, taxation and uh, size of the government and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all very boring, really. But uh, what puts me on the right side is probably things like the economic economic ideas, how to make society work better for everyone through the use of uh, private enterprise and uh, markets, uh, rather over usually over government coercion. But um. I wouldn't say I'm dogmatic about that, especially not anymore. Um, but those, it's, it's the economic side. We had Ian Dunn on, uh, who wrote about how to be a liberal. Good episode, if you look back there, listeners. Um, and he <laughs> discussed a lot about the, the different types of liberals, and the and he was very much on the left side. And I don't think it's that far away from him, really. But it's just, a, it, it, I guess it's an instinctive thing to look at a problem and wouldn't necessarily always think how can the government solve this it's more about how the government can enable uh individuals or the private sector to uh innovate and solve issues um interesting so so we're 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 talking about um yeah i think that the, the situation we're in is like this well last few days we've had this like piers morgan Meghan markle episode which yeah, yeah that, that, I think that's... I think should be should be described as the Pierce Morgan, Meghan Markle episode, <laughs> yeah, not the yeah. royal family episode or the Harry and Meghan episode. It's the Pierce Morgan show, right? It's the Pierce yeah. and Meghan show. And this is the hell. Um, this is the hellscape that we've we've come up. You know that that was the biggest news of the week. That this fucking guy, he's just basically engineered a way of exiting so he can get a new fucking contract somewhere else or make a fucking show of himself on the internet or something he's gonna he's gonna pop up somewhere else isn't he and that, that this it's, is where it's, it's and yeah and, it's the fresh it's the freshest show of the the, the you know the, the 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 this kind of um binary discourse isn't it the 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 people who vote brexit the people who uh have distrust in the um the covid vaccination and the people who don't trust 
um, that Meghan Markle actually wanted to kill herself. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's opinion on that was entirely positioned by what side you take on the fucking whole culture war thing, which seems to just dominate everything, which we talked about in previous episodes again and again, whether it's when we're discussing about liberalism or Brexit, that we didn't understand the culture war. That's that's dominated everything. It's the 2021 now. And we were talking about things that happened in 2016. So we're talking about five years at least of this just dominating our whole political system. So of course it's going to fucking dumb down the right, which is basically governing the country, and it's dumbed down the left as well. But, like... <laughs> So yeah, the biggest news is Piers Morgan fucking and and it, when when there's an issue to be discussed on any media channel, they're going to get the biggest what I like to call the gobshite commentators, whether it's Owen Jones or young Darren Grimes from County Durham, the working class lad, who is just who's some just little dumb gobshite who doesn't know anything about anything, empty headed little fucker, and they get him to argue, argue with some fucking idiot from the left or Owen Jones who represents dumbification of the left. Everything's just like. More pay more money for the NHS. Rabble, 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 rabble. Just absolutely, it's a fucking rabble rouser. It's nothing intellectual about that. We had Sam Berman on to do a guest monologue about immigration. There's an interesting guy with. He's tried to redefine what neoliberalism means, and is a guy full of ideas. Whether you think they're right or wrong, there's things to argue with there. There's things to touch and discuss. You know, and when he was a director of the Adam, Adam Smith Institute, a think tank producing lots of interesting ideas, and he, again, plenty that you might disagree with, but ideas none the same that you can discuss and and think about. Uh, where are the ideas in on the right of politics at the moment? Like it, it is all just slogans. Like the leveling up is seems like a, such a great agenda. How can we connect the north? But where's the substance? Yes, um, and yeah, the 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 god the what do you say the gobshite commentators? It's interesting yeah. that these people these people seem to have like rose to such prominence, and I think obviously that's a lot yeah. To and do with I, I think I could have media. easily gone down that um, way because when we're talking well, about my that, involvement in Brexit, that's what let, let me, that's, that's one of the things I was going to say is that you know that's obviously a world that you know something about, isn't it? I think you've just you've said to me yourself that you don't consider yourself as a journalist. You consider yourself as a well, like a col- columnist yeah. without a column. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, um, a, a commentator. I mean, it, I guess I have a column in a monitor. So I mean, I have spaces to write if they're, they're available to me if I want to on a weekly basis. I just haven't because I've been watching TV. <laughs> but you know, I. Yeah, columnist, commenter, and I, I don't like to say journalist because I'm not out there making story, finding stories. I'm not out there investigating things. So I don't like to call myself a journalist. I'm not doing it full time for a start. I've got a main job, and mainly, apart from a few articles here and there, just being here's what I think about this. Here's a take on this, and there's plenty of market for that. And so, fine, that's you know that's an arrangement we've got between me and people who want to read what I think. I'm not trying, you know, I, but I, there was a time I was more pretentious about it than that. And was thinking that I could be more of a mainstream voice uh, of the of the right, and um, there's plenty of people who I've known, uh, especially in and around the EU referendum. Um, and it, I got a lot of uh, uh, readership and, and and whatnot from and followers from from being involved in Brexit because that was very black and white. I support Brexit. 
and you know that's that and that's very easy for people to follow if you support Brexit you can follow me on social media or whatever too and read my stuff you know and then when I change my mind on that and it, it, that's changed me in other ways to be less sure about other things and, and I'm sort of more of a moderate uncertain person now yes I'm probably consider myself of the right but I'm quite open minded and don't try and take binary positions which means that people are less interested really because the if you are firmly on this side of politics all the time on every subject then then people who are also you know just want something to latch onto that's they can be certain of because they always think the same thing about everything there's much more of a market for that than people who uh, think different things about, you know, take each topic as it comes or admits when they don't know something. You know what I mean? That's interesting, isn't it? I think, um, I think you've, um, I do think you've calmed down a little bit in, in your, I think you, you probably recognize that yourself, don't you? you yeah. You've calmed, calmed down a little bit in your, um, yeah, yeah, how for, forceful you are in your opinions about things on, in, on social media. Yeah. Um, yeah. and have you found that that's like lessened your appeal? The, I think so. Know, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. But I'm not, yeah. I don't mean to say, I don't want to be, um, I'm not bitter about it. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you say that, it sounds like you are. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I'm a nerd about Twitter followers. I like to get more Twitter followers, but I'm not, I don't want, I'm not willing to just start, uh, latching onto one side and just mouthing off like a lot of people are, and it's it was not, any, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. It's mainly the Brexit referendum that's taught me that. Again, going back to previous discussions, to be to, to, to I've, I, I guess I found some humility after that, and was like, okay, I said this, and that is that has turned out not to happen, and that's wrong. I'm not gonna, but a lot of people at that point doubled down and just went lunatic, full lunatic, and a lot of people who did um, gained a lot of prominence. Uh, there's people um, who became, you know, got more a lot of more media attention than me, who had were just on the same level as me around that time, but you know, latched onto the Brexit parade and went with it. Um, and yeah, when they realised they were wrong, they doubled down. I mean, I'd like someone like Darren Grimes, who, who was a young fucking dumb lad who, who went all extreme on Brexit and whatnot, who was still unsure about what he thought about it back in. He was a Lib Dem in 2016. I mean, this is a young kid, by the way. I mean, he's a lot younger than me. Yeah. Um, so I don't mean to try and single him out, but there's a lot of commenters like that who have got more... Owen Jones has got more extreme over time. Piers, Piers Morgan, we discussed, I mean, yeah, he's not the same, the same sort of breed, but he's he's come back from America and latched on to the British culture war. And uh, this yeah. just, just goes right across the whole uh, spectrum of politics, actually. But it would have been easy to go down that route, but I guess... Um, being wrong, being being wrong about Brexit or how I felt I had got that wrong, knocked some sense into me. I guess. Do you have any um, other examples that you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah, I think that um, uh, I was always thinking, when I was Exam- sorry, sorry, no examples of um, like stupid shit that that people on the right say. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> well, we, you know, we talked about. Uh, um, fucking Meghan Markle stuff, and that's the whole culture war. Then, and then it becomes a racial thing. Then, or or anti-vaxxers. That's the, most of them are coming from the right, um, and and they trying to lift down, lift uh, lockdown restrictions too early. Um, the whole anti-vax movement. But someone like uh, James Dellingpole, who was who was a 
before the EU referendum was a sort of contrarian wanker fucking commentator, and now is it just a full-blown lunatic just retweeting all kinds of people who are saying that it's a government conspiracy to lock us up, and the whole microchip theory. Like, people have gone mad. So it's Brexit, the pandemic, I mean, like, you know, we and Roland were discussing, discussing in the last podcast... That's the that's the Brexiteers' new fucking thing to latch onto, isn't it? Anti-vax movement. You know, we've just left this mess here. We'll stop talking about that now. We'll start talking about lockdowns and the anti-vax movement and shit like that. It's. I don't see any intellectual depth to our politics at all, especially on the right. Doesn't yeah? Um, there's something there around uh, a lack of responsibility and culpability. Um, I think that there's, you know, um, being able to like just give your opinion out, um, potentially getting some popularity, um, getting some extra clicks and follows and likes. Yeah, and again and again um, and again, and these and, these and, fucking and gobshite twats pushing, pushing an agenda. These gobshite um, wankers actually, can just say whatever. Not actually, like... being responsible for it in the end, and like you say, just um, well, I've delivered this thing now or I've, or I've pushed a thing it's not really my responsibility I don't own it yeah. I've just I've just forced it yeah, and I have to put up stuff someone commented on our last through. podcast and now I can just walk away and go on move on to the next mad thing one of the people promoting our last podcast was like oh thank you Ben for your apology on Brexit we'd much appreciated which is a kind of a humiliating way to be promoted for anything but but there's people, there's people prominent in politics who've got major subjects wrong. They don't backtrack and say, oh, analyse themselves. They're just fucking no, dumb. Whether it's Owen Jones about, you know, socialism Venezuela, or just any number of commentators on uh, the economics of Brexit. It, it just it just never ends. Good. Well, yes. I mean, that's that's lovely, isn't it? I mean, is there, a, is, is there anything you'd like to say before we stop talking about this thing? <laughs> Good morning, Britain. Piers Morgan uh, isn't there, but this morning uh, they had free speech at any yeah, cost. That was gosh. their latest discussion. And who did they have? From North London, Owen Jones. And from South London, <laughs> from North... Two commentators. Free speech at any cost. That's the political discussion of the day. Good morning, Britain. For the whole of the country. Bam, bam. We can talk about free speech today. Who should we get on? Well, from North London, we'll get Owen Jones. Right, who, who else can we get? Oh, someone from South London. Well, that's fucking two polars, two poles apart. You're going to get Calvin Robinson, the conservative defund the BBC culture warrior, conservative commentator to discuss that subject. Dumbification of politics right there. And just how fucking insular is that? What fucking country in the world has that? Jesus Christ. Let's discuss the subject. Who can we get from the whole country? Someone from North London, someone from fucking South London. And two people representing the fucking asshole of their fucking movement. Fuck off. Honestly. Honestly. Fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, I think we... we, we Where's the newest discussion which, which now about anything? Things. Whether it's immigration now, there's no nuanced discussion about that. Where we know a country, we know a country that that does that, don't we? Of course we do. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this, it feels like the elephant in the room is. Well, I guess it's the easy thing to say is it's the Americanization of our culture, isn't it? Um, well, it's, it, it seemingly is really, especially in the media, um, where the things have polarized a bit. Even the um, political debates we have at election time are now presidential between figures and, and looking for gotcha moments. They're not pre- they're not fucking presidents though. And it's now it's all to do with personalities and that's how you get vapid people like Boris Johnson and, and Jeremy Corbyn into fucking positions of power. 
Wonderful. All right. Okay. So we so we stop then and talk about some other shit. Yes. Let's. Yeah. Great. <laughs> So we're going to start on this bit then. Yeah, so this is the bit where we talk about other shit. Other shit, Matt. This is terrible. Right. I want to say, no, it was all good. Um, I want to, I, I, um, so we've had this thing and I want to just like commit to doing it. And I feel like saying I'm going to do it is going to just like commit me to doing it. And it might just be awful, but that's fine. So um, uh, we had we had a conversation once. Well, I mean, you and I privately have had lots of conversations about Bob Mortimer and James Gandolfini. Um, yes, two great we, men, great men. Yes, um, in very different ways. Strange that we're mentioning them in the same thing, but two great men. If you were looking for I a broad to- category, two. Brilliant men. That's all. Two you brilliant men. Yes. Amongst many, yes, two, but two very brilliant men. There you go. Two brilliant men um, that bring many, like much warmth to many people, um, in very different ways. Yes, like you say. Um, but I've I've had a thought on a, a few occasions, you know, because what uh, part of what I do on this podcast is make some stupid songs every now and again. And I've always liked the idea of trying to do some kind of uh, song which involves James Gandolfini and Bob Mortimer both singing in the same song. Um, and I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and do it. I'm going to try and do it, Ben. You brilliant man. I look forward to hearing that. Thank you so much. Um, so, so I mean, obviously, I haven't actually done it yet, but what the plan is to put it in, like, just here, like now. Yeah, now. If you loved him forever 
And then we can like talk as if now, as we can talk as if now we could, we, I've already done it. So Ben, what did you think about that I thing? I thought that just was made? fucking was brilliant great? to be fair. Was it everything you hoped it was going to be? Yes, is all I can think to reply to that question, Matt. Yes, it was. And um, all it's done is emphasize how, uh, emphasize how much I love those two brilliant human beings. Thank you, Matt. Oh, Thank you. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm touched. It really means, touched. So, really means so much. And actually, Ben, um, it has been, you know, it's, we've been a bit in and out of touch recently, haven't we, over the past couple of months? Yes. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been quite just keeping to myself, stop talking so yeah. much sort of thing. I suppose it is symptomatic of like this stage in lockdown, I suppose, but. I find it I find it quite hard to be honest. Like I've I've tried to get in touch with you a bit, but you're not very good at replying. Um and and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like place all the blame on you as well. I'm I'm also isolating myself. I think I think many people are probably isolating themselves a lot as well. I think this but, is for me I don't know, I, I do feel quite distanced from you at the moment. The reason is, I think, because like obviously I had a bit of a brain aneurysm in January, so about three months or so, I was pretty much unreachable to anyone. But like now, I like I feel all right. But I just try. I'm just sort of, what I realised I'm you know, back at work, working again, and I'm trying to. I'm sort of dealing with everyday life fine, and I feel quite positive most days. But like as I was thinking the other day, like um, for one thing, I'm restricting how much I talk like online and stuff to you or whoever else and I sort of not taking advantage of the social aspects of uh, my life and also in terms of writing I was thinking the other day I haven't written in three months because I'm just not really thinking about anything I've just been passing the time really I guess and accepting I found it very profoundly depressing the third lockdown as you know and went off the rails pretty heavily. I mean, it was already off the rails, but decided to just veer off really off a cliff. Um, And I'm all right now, but it's just, and, and, you know, a good friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours said quite early December that you really need to come to terms with the way things are, not how you wished them they would be. Um, This is just how it's going to be for a while. You've got to accept that or you're going to be pretty fucked up. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But then decided not, (laughs) <laughs> not to not to and just double down and just not be able to accept it and i accept it now you know there's a there's somewhere to go life's boring and humdrum we're just i mean and i accept that in fact i'm looking at dates and thinking i've got to hope everything's open up by whatever whether it's due and it's not it's naive and you're right to be skeptical by it but i'm so sick of it now and i don't think it's tenable much longer um but yeah, and so I'm okay. I'm calm. Everything's calm, but I'm just kind of just resisting on a very simple level. I'm doing my job, 
and even stuff I watched on TV is just basic stuff, you know. And I'm surrounded, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm surrounded by cans of lager and Lego, you know, just surrounded. There's so much Lego in my room. I don't even know where it came from, you know. <laughs> just surrounded by little blocks. I just being just amusing myself in my you know in my office. We just all exist in this little space now, and the weather's shit. And I'm not going for walks and things. And just like I'll go for a walk. It's fucking raining. I'm not going for a walk. So I'm just spending all this time just in these couple of rooms, and I'm and I'm fine and I'm fine. But it's just all pretty dull, and you have to. You, we're all going a bit dappy, surely. I'm going a bit fucking dappy. You know, I, I, I'm, it's just a bit weird, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's a strange existence. I haven't seen. Yes. I haven't seen you since what? When did I see you? Fucking Octo- October. I think October, last okay. year. Yeah. yeah. So pretty long time, and then obviously a long yep. time before then. It's just, uh, and you're the only person I've seen as friend wise. Uh, okay, so since lockdown, I've seen two friends. You and my other friend Aaron, uh, who lives in Leeds. So it's not far away. But now it's like it, 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 and now he's stuck at his parents in fucking Chester or whatever. You know, every, it, you all feel so far away to me now. And I just, I, I guess, I you, you disconnected from me because I got nothing to report. What are you doing? I'm watching TV, and doing admin work, uh, and watching more TV. <laughs> Well, I think the, the the thing is as well is it's not just a one way thing, is it? Like I'm not talking to anybody either, you know. It's just, yeah, um, what is it to say? Yep. Yeah, okay. Good. Well, anyway, um, so I, yes, I watched a really good series recently called um, "I Hate Susie." By the way, very good series. Watch that. What's that? Um, so, what we're going to talk? What anyway? We'll, we'll have an episode in another couple of weeks, won't we? Yep. Um, are we going to try and get a guest on? Do you think? Well, you say we've got some lined up, haven't we? John Gielgud, um, Stephen Fry, <laughs> um, yeah, um, Jeffrey Rush. Do I think we've got Jeffrey Rush? Haven't John we? Bishop, Steve, is it John Bishop, Townsend. John Bishop. Yeah, Frank Skinner. It's going to be the one after the Frank Skinner. Stuart Lee. And Stuart Lee, yes. <laughs> um, so everybody should stay tuned. For those guests. Because those people will be, be on, on at some they'll point, be on. Yeah, won't yeah. they? Yeah. There might be. Um, yeah. I and guarantee, where, where I fight? guarantee they'll be on. Not a guarantee. And Piers. Morgan. He'll be on. Morgan Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Coming on. So Meghan Markle, Harry, and the royal family. What's all that about? Piers Morgan and versus Piers, the James Bond one. Bros- Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. So Piers Morgan against Piers Brosnan. <laughs> Meghan Markle and and Harry. What the fuck up is that all about? Who's right? Is it the royal family or these fucking Hollywood bastards? Which one is going to win? And what colour will there be? Here's the thing about the colour of the baby, like... Brown! I did think about what... Brown! I thought about what colour my kid would be. We we discussed that. Is that racist? Who knows? We don't know. People yes, have different interpretations. Yes, people have different interpretations As of things. People may have different... Imagining interp- colour is racist. People may have in different interpretations. So... Ben, it's racist. According to Just my ethnicity estimate, I am... 
Wait a minute. Let me get this up here. Very, very, very brown. Yeah. Someone told me this is bullshit Most, the other day. A lot, a lot brown. Uh, why, why are we ending up in a racist conversation? Well, I don't know. I'm not being racist. Maybe you are. Um, Middle Eastern, 14%. West Asian, 7.3%. North African, 6%. Nigerian, 2.2%. I mean, this, this is just science talking. Somali, 2%. <laughs> And English forty eight percent. Um. Anyway. Um. So, what were we talking about? Tune, tune, tune in for next week's guest, Peter Stringfellow. <laughs> He's going to be here, and, and Arnold we're going to be talking to him about how to get lovely, lovely hair. Yeah, has got. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. He's got nice hair. Sounds a bit racist, but yeah. Um, Why is everything so, racist to you? God, everything's racist. Can't talk about anyone's skin colour because it's racist. Can't talk about anything, can we? Because you lefties. You fucking lefties. You fucking... You won't be happy until we're all eating grey sludge. And, you know, you can't talk about... We're all registered, our race and gender. And we're all just, you know... Yeah? I'm not putting up with this discourse anymore. Dumbification. Dumbification, mate. Good night.